Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. Listen, I just want to share with you a charge very briefly, then we begin to pray. Um, I wanted to say, and after that, miracles begin to happen, but we don't even have to wait until after. The Bible says, um, one time Jesus was teaching and the power of God was present to heal. So you have to understand that as um, the word of God is being taught, the power of God is dead. And so incredible things can and will happen. Your expectations shall not be cut short. Your expectations, you know, before the service, I asked people to write, you know, prayer requests on my, um, on a post, my last post on Instagram. And I saw myriads of needs. And I saw potentially myriads of answers, myriads of testimonies that are about to bombard my dear. I want you to believe it and expect it. All right, very quickly, I just want to share a thought. This is School of Prayer. We've been teaching on the School of Prayer. And you can call this School of Prayer 103. All right? We've been sharing from the book of Luke chapter 1. The Bible says, Now it came to pass as he, referring to Jesus, was praying in a certain place, that when he ceased, I can preach a whole sermon on this. Have you seen people who want to tell you something? and they barge into you praying, and they want to talk to you there. Maybe we can learn something from this. They waited for Jesus to finish before, you know, they said what they wanted to say. Oh, if African parents can learn this and allow us finish praying before they ask us to wash the plate or to do something. Anyways, I just think I, I'm jokingly serious. Listen, when people are praying, learn to treat it as sacred. Allow them finish. Stop trying to have a conversation with people who are praying. And he says, when he had ceased, that one of the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And this is where we get the concept of the school of prayer. The fact that there is an educational system in God. And whatever you consider to be deficient in your devotion, you can actually develop. And so you can learn to pray. You can be taught to pray. He says, teach us to pray. And that's so powerful and instructive. We've been learning to pray since this series started. We started by teaching on perseverance in prayer. Jesus taught perseverance in prayer. He said, keep on asking and the door shall be open. Keep on knocking. Keep on knocking, the door shall be open. Keep on asking and you shall receive. All right? And that's so important. Um, and then last Sunday, we learned priority in prayer, which is also very important. I mean, if you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. It's so powerful and instructive. Listen, don't miss any teaching this month. It will bless you in no small way. And now we want to learn something very important. So now Jesus is about to teach them to pray. And you know how he starts? He says, our Father... This alone is so powerful. I have a million and one things to say from this. You know, listen, in fact, on Sunday, I'm going to teach on the word ah. 
<laughs> and just something to learn about that. The fact that he says, ah, not just my father. He could have taught you to say my father, but he says, our father. And now I want to dwell on the fact that he says, father, this is, this is how to pray. There is a position consciousness in prayer. Position consciousness. Listen, when it comes to prayer, you have to realize prayer has as much to do with who is praying as with what is being said. A lot of people focus on the technicality and the calisthenics of their prayer. What am I saying? How should it be said? But now there is a position consciousness. You're talking to daddy. So prayer is family business. Prayer is family business. You have to understand that powerful, influential person in the society. Someone in the neighborhood might be trying to get his attention. But if his son or his daughter is trying to get his attention, you have to understand the stakes are highly different. And so God is all-powerful. And it's a principle in prayer to have a position consciousness. Not just the what of prayer, but the who. Who is praying and who are we talking to? Children are talking to their daddy. That's what prayer is about. And that changes everything. Listen, in John chapter 11 verse 42, Jesus said this. He says, I know, talking to God, I know that you always hear me. What a consciousness in prayer. I, listen, Lord, I know that you always hear me. Imagine you had that kind of confidence. It was this kind of confidence that made the disciples say, teach us to pray. They noticed Jesus prayed with a different type of authority and consciousness. Teach us. You're, you clearly know something that we don't know. You're clearly doing something right. We're clearly doing something wrong. Teach us. How is it that you're so confident? You want to pray? Imagine you start your request this way. I know you always hear me. It's a totally different ball game. What kind of consciousness would make you start prayer this way? Father, I know you will always hear me. You know what he said? He says, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this. Meaning, listen, God, you and I are cool. We don't really have to go through all the rigmarole. You know, I know you are all powerful and you are always ready to act when I ask. So I'm only going through all this procedure just to help the faith of the listeners. So listen, I mean, we can as well just get over, get it over with. Just imagine that consciousness. So he said, I'm only saying this out for the benefit of the people who are listening so that they will believe that you sent me. What a consciousness. This is position consciousness. I am the son. The father sent me. We are working in partnership. You know, in one instance, he said, I and the father are one. So I'm a co-laborer in his vineyard. You know, so that changes prayer. We are on the same team. I'm not trying to persuade him to do what he doesn't want to do. He sent me. So when I ask, he's going to answer. That's just how... That's the supply chain. God and I are in partnership and prayer becomes the platform for which that divine partnership becomes manifest. This changes everything. 
You know, many people have this hidden secret self-sabotage. You know, when they want to pray, they, are, they already secretly think it may or may not happen. That's a problem. You have to work on that. Position consciousness. Get rid of that consciousness, that, that secret self-sabotage. All right? Become more conscious of your position. If you become conscious of your position, it changes everything. You think God will not answer? Secretly, in split seconds, every time we have the opportunity to pray, we assess ourselves. How well have we done recently? And if we think that we have not performed well, you know, we have um, been lackadaisical in our devotion, or maybe um, we said some wrong words to someone or did some wrong things, we now think that that puts us in a position where our prayers are not going to be answered. These are the wrong mindsets that we must deal with. So, you know, you are somewhere and you get a phone call, an emergency. Someone needs a divine intervention. Maybe someone is sick. You need to pray for the person urgently. And in split seconds, you begin to assess yourself. Some people, immediately they hear, oh, someone needs an urgent miracle now. I mean, they just say, oh, no, not now. Not when, you know. I've done all of this. And let me tell you this. If you don't deal with this mindset, this self-sabotage, the devil is going to cheat you on many accounts. Because if you're going to be effective in your prayer life, you must live ready. You must always be ready. Like Jesus, you are sleeping, the boat is sinking, they must tap you and say, oh, Father, help us. Or, or, or call your name and say, help us. The boat is sinking. So if you don't settle this consciousness, all right, of the love of the Father, the unfailing love of the Father, the unwavering love of the Father once and for all, it will keep affecting your prayer life. You must be able at any time, T, to lift your head to the skies and say, Father, I thank you because you always hear me. James was teaching on prayer. You know what he says? Popular text, James 5, 16. The second part of it, 16b. He says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The Greek word translated avails much actually means prevails. It was the same Greek word used when it says in, of the city of Ephesus, so mightily grew the word of God and prevails. So we're talking about prevailing prayer. The kind of prayer that gets the job done. And many times we focus on the how. All right? We focus on the how. Our prayer must be effectual. It must be fervent. But guess what? It's also about who? A righteous man. Not just anybody, but a righteous man. And somewhere in our subconscious, we know it. And that's why we tend to assess ourselves. But you have to understand how God reckons men righteous. You have to understand and settle it once and for all. And help yourself understand how that affects your prayer life. So the question of the hour is this. Who is a righteous man? Who is a righteous man? Let me tell you straight up. You can never be righteous before God by your works. Never. So the idea that if you need to pray, you assess yourself 
you know, all the things you have done or not done, you know, and you think you score yourself that now God will hear me. That's an abomination. It means you don't know the scriptures. Listen, this is not to say we should leave anyhow. But to think that anything within your power would put you in a better position of favor before God, that's abominable, that's wrong, that's blasphemous. It's blasphemous. That's what the children of Israel, all right, missed, the religious ones amongst them. And as Paul was praying for them in Romans chapter 10 from verse 1, he said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. So you can be zealous in your zeal. You want to do better so that God will always hear you. But he says you are ignorant. He says, for being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own. A lot of people are always trying to establish their own righteousness and it's affecting their prayer life. There is a type of righteousness called God's righteousness. What is the type of righteousness? In Romans chapter 4 from verse 6, it says, just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. So this is God's righteousness. First and foremost, it's apart from works. It has nothing to do with your performance. It's the divine sovereign imputation of God. God reckons you righteous. So you see a man righteous, he's righteous because God reckons him so. David describes the blessedness, the privilege, the grace of a man to whom God imputes righteousness without works. Who is that man? Oh, well, some people think, oh, this belongs to just an esoteric, just a, a, an exclusive company. Just for David. Oh, maybe that's why David was so special. Despite all the shortcomings in his life, all the sins he committed, all the things he did wrong, God still showed himself strong in his life repeatedly. Oh, if only I would be like David or like Samson. That with my hands on the pillar and my hair cut off, the symbol of my covenant with God is broken. God will still hear me when I pray. Oh, maybe it's just some select few, like Abraham. Who, because of his fear and because of self-preservation, will give up his wife to a pagan king, but God will still visit the king in the night and say, return that man's wife. Who can be a part of this company? And God will have you know, David wasn't part of this company because of anything he did. Surely, if it was by works, he would be completely disqualified. Neither was Abraham. Verse 7 of Romans 4 says, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom God will not impute sin. So this is, this is God imposing his sovereignty on humanity. It has nothing to do with the man. It's about God. The Lord will not impute sin. So what then is the condition? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 18 tells us. It says, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, verse 19, 
It says, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. So, who is that man that David described? Who is that blessed man? Is the man in Christ. It says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. Listen, the soul that sinned should die. The wages of sin is death. But now you place your faith in Christ and you don't perish but have everlasting life. That blessedness that David spoke of comes on you. What does this have to do with prayer? Everything. Because when Christ has saved you, has separated you, brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light, giving you his circumcision, his seal of adoption, then you get to boast. Like Paul said in Philippians 3.3, 3, he says, for we are the circumcision who serve God by the Spirit and boast not in our efforts, but in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Listen, if you approach your prayer altar every time with this consciousness, it will change everything. And as God began to teach me this in the early years of my Christian journey, I discovered some of the most miracle, um, remarkable miracles that happened through me. It happened at a time where I wasn't really feeling full of God. I wasn't really feeling full of God. I remember the first time it happened, you know, someone came, you know, he sat beside me. And he said, sir, for the past three years, I have had headaches constantly. There's never been a day where, I mean, it reduced or I had some respite, a constant headaches. He said, I feel it now. He says, but I want you to pray for me. So, I mean, this was years ago. In my mind, I was just like, wrong timing. Oh, you know, I, I mean, I was still, listen, and this is the thing. I already knew that righteousness was by grace through faith. Like many of us claim to know, but somehow in our prayer life, we still have that self-sabotage. And that's what I was doing. But just, you know, to honor his faith and relying on the name of Jesus, I placed my hands on him and I said, be healed in the name of Jesus. And honestly, as I took my hands off, I will never forget the young man did like this. Just trying to observe. And he said, sir, it's gone. I tell you the truth before God. In my mind, I said, these people have come again. He's just, he's saying he's gone just to encourage his pastor. <laughs> you know, that he's trying to encourage me. So I looked at him. I said, really? You know, <laughs> the Lord have mercy. I, I'm telling you, I doubt it. I said, really? He said, he's gone. This is the first time in years. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I said, praise God. So he left. Now, Two days after, he sent me a text. Sir, I still can't believe it. First two days in years without headaches. Four days after, after I saw the text, after four days, I knew he, must be, he can't be lying. Like, why will he go to that extent? Four days without these headaches. You know, the Lord began to teach me this. He groomed me in this. He said, son, you have a ministry. My spirit dwells in you. Don't cheat your generation, sabotaging yourself, judging by your works and your actions. Listen to me. Your prayer life might be a distraction from your flowing power gifts. 
Because every time you pray one hour, then you now feel more qualified. And when you don't, you feel like the power will not flow through you. They are meant to go hand in hand. Effectual, fervent prayer is meant to go hand in hand with the consciousness that you're a righteous man. If you are fervent, but you, have that, you don't have that consciousness, you will not walk in power consistently. And this, your fervent devotion might be part of the problem because now you are proud, trusting in your own efforts and devotion. Trust in Christ. And let me just say this as I round off. The name of Jesus is a reminder that our righteousness is a gift. If God wanted us to rely on the favor of our devotion alone, he wouldn't have given us his name. But the concept of praying in the name of Jesus means that the manifestation of the power of God is no longer contingent and dependent on my own faithfulness. But the power is from the name and in the name. He says, this sign shall follow them that believe. Thank God for prayer, but there is faith in the name of Jesus. Listen, I've taught perseverance in prayer. All that I'm saying is in proper balance. I've taught priority in prayer. I'm teaching righteousness consciousness. Position consciousness in the place of prayer. He says, this sign shall follow them that believe in my name. Not in your name. Maybe you are looking at yourself and assessing yourself because you have forgotten it's not your name. It's the name of Jesus. Jesus is faithful. Jesus, listen, was obedient even to the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him. Thank God for the faithfulness of Christ. Thank God he didn't renege in his commitment. And now I get to benefit from his faithfulness. God also has highly exalted him, given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Listen, when the name of Jesus is mentioned, God honors the sacrifice of his son, not your performance. He says, because he was obedient to the death of the cross, God also has highly exalted him. So, because of the faithfulness of Jesus in the redemption, God has to honor him when his name is mentioned. So God doesn't really look at you. It's the name. This sign shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Every time you stand before a devil, you know, and I know, yeah, there are some parts... I wish I had enough time to explain. Yes, this type is go out, not out, but by prayer and fasting. And that's true. But if you are so ignorant, the devil will begin to assess you and ask you stupid questions. Huh, this one you are trying to cast me out. Have you prayed? The devil is the one asking you. In the name of Jesus, come out! You shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. That's the name of Jesus. I have faith in 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 the name of Jesus. Go 
has highly exalted him, given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, of things beneath. And every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's to his glory. You know what he said in John 14, 12? He said, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my father. Verse 13, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. He says that the father may be glorified in the son. In the Son. In the Son. He's not looking at your works, your efforts. The glorification of God in the manifestation of his power at the mention of the name is in his Son. Thank you, Lord. You have made me a sanctuary pure and holy tried and true Ooh, with thanksgiving I am a living sanctuary for you you A sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I am a living sanctuary. Listen, so now, as a company of righteous men, we're going to be praying together. Don't forget what he said. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. He says that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Let me tell you this assuredly. The Son, the Father, his name will be glorified tonight. The Father will be glorified tonight by the manifestation of the power at the name of Jesus. He'll be glorified tonight. The sick will be healed and the Father will be glorified tonight because of the name. Because of the name. Because of the name. And so you're going to start by dwelling in that consciousness. You're going to pray in the Spirit. About 10 minutes, maybe slightly less. I have faith in the name of Jesus. This is a meditation to stay. I'm about to begin praying, but first, I have faith in the name of Jesus. Begin to confess that right now. I have faith in the name. I have faith in the name. I've got faith in the name. Faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus. Miracles happen in the name of Jesus. Demons are expelled in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name. At my name. At the mention of my name. 
in the name akon sombre katonge we cast out devils we speak with new tongues in the name we cast out devils in the name we lay hands on the sick and they recover in the name i have faith 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 in the name 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 above all names in the name above all names the name of jesus hey alone the repato con de le pokori gididididid pokorati giza that name has authority on earth that name has power on earth that name has power in the hospitals that name has power in the country that name has power in your living room where you are right now in the kitchen that name has power everywhere of things in heaven of things on the earth of things beneath the earth i have faith in the name i have faith in the name i function in the name i function in the name i preach in the name i preach not as though i am sufficient of myself <laughs> to think anything as of myself but my sufficiency <laughs> my sufficiency is in the name in the name i can do all things in the name i cast out devils in the name i move mountains hey my sufficiency is of god my sufficiency is in the name hey he has made me able in the name he has given me ability in the name he has given me capacity in the name He has given me ability alemondo repose. He has given me confidence in the name. In so possible. The name has given me access. I'm close to God. I'm at home in God. He's at home in me. And we all with open face beholding us in a glass. I am the monde. The name has given me confidence. Hey, I've been given access and confidence into this grace. I stand in this grace. I stand in the confidence of the name and the capacity that is therein. Hallelujah, say. I am bold in the name. The name has made me bold. 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 The name of Jesus has made me bold. The name of Jesus has made me bold. I'm bold in the name of Jesus. The name has made me bold. Hey, to say to this mountain, ha. The name has made me bold to say to mountains, be removed and be cast into the sea. Because of the name, I can say it and not doubt in my heart. Because of the name I will have what I say. Because of the name I will have what I say. Because of the name I will have what I say. Because of the name I will have. I will have. Hey, the 
breakthrough fervent prayer of a righteous man avails. I'm a righteous man. The name has made me righteous. I'm a man in Christ. I'm a righteous man. Therefore, my prayers avail. The prayers of a righteous man prevail. I pray prevailing prayers. I pray prevailing prayers. I pray prevailing prayers. My prayers receive answers. Tonight, as I pray, Alemondo, I thank you, oh Father, that you hear me always. I thank you, oh Father, that you hear me always. The Father hears me always. The Father hears me always. I celebrate that the Father hears me always. I am the circumcision who serve God by the Spirit and boasts in Christ Jesus and puts no confidence in the flesh. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. So now, as you pray, you are praying from a place of authority. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.